Queers on Film, a queer movie discussion podcast. For the purpose of this podcast, a film is considered queer if it features a prominent queer character, can be viewed through a queer lens, or was particularly important to the queer journey or identity of my weekly guest. My name is Kat Kingsley, and I use they them pronouns, and I am joined this week by Bryce. Hey! Hi guys, um, I'm the co-host of the podcast, uh, Radio Camp Half-Blood, and um, Unfortunate Associates, and I use they them pronouns. Thank you so much for coming on to guest. I just recorded with your co-host, which I didn't yeah, know I didn't ahead of know time. That. <laughs> yeah, I didn't find out until after we finished recording. And I was, yeah, so that was really funny for it's me. It's so kind of weird because I told him about this podcast, yet somehow you guys ended up recording before me. Well, I sent, but, you, I yeah. sent you both about like a lot, like several date options on the same yeah, day. And then you both chose the yeah. same day. <laughs> The so, same exact day. That's so weird. So I was like, oh, oh like, right, of course, because you just said, oh, I, I'm recording at seven. That was Zach, right? Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. But anyways, so glad to get full representation, I think, unless you have another co-host that I don't know about. No, no, we just have two. <laughs> okay. So glad to get the, the whole true experience of this Percy Jackson podcast on here. Yeah. Um, But we're not talking about that this week. We are talking about the Disney semi-classic. I'm not sure. Do you think it's a classic? <laughs> what? I don't know if it's a classic. Yeah, I don't know. To some people, it's beloved. So I'd say go- it's beloved to me, yeah. but. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's why I said semi classic. Yeah. Uh, Treasure <laughs> Planet, which I have to admit, when you first messaged me and said you wanted to do Treasure Planet, <laughs> I was totally thinking of Atlantis. They're similar. So, yeah, so when you said that, and uh, before I asked you for a description of what was, uh, why you wanted to choose it, I was thinking automatically, like, oh, because of the hot white-haired lady, of course, yes. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, no, not that reason. I mean, like, but you could also say that, that Milo Thatch has big trans mask energy. So, like, it's, yeah. they're similar in that way. <laughs> I don't yeah, know so why I these, totally... like, very specific movies, like, represented a kind of, like, trans mask aesthetic at that time, but they just did. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah so i totally was thinking yeah i was like oh yeah of course yeah i was totally thinking of Milo, but yeah anyways um but i hadn't seen treasure planet before um so oh, i never really had never i never watched it as a kid tell me about why you chose this movie honestly i was like between two movies we were we were discussing this when you're like okay what movie do you want to talk about on the show and i was either going to be very like literal and be like oh let's talk about a movie that actually is kind of literally queer or the other option would be i mean when you you sent me the the google doc about the podcast that said movies that could be viewed through a queer lens and relatively recently i had seen a tweet which i have on. I had it up. It's it's disappeared. Whatever. It's a a tweet that basically said, um, forget about like your uh cartoon crush when you were a kid. As anybody else like trans mask and like was really related to Jim Hawkins from Treasure Planet and like didn't know why. And there was like a hundred people who said, yeah, I agree with that. So I I all of a sudden was like, wait, okay, so it just wasn't me. This had to be a thing for people. Um, and that's kind of what gave me the idea to talk about the the movie here. Yeah, that's really fascinating, because that's not something I've heard before. Like, I feel, and I mean, I, myself, like, God, try to describe my gender makes me want to die. I'm very, like, gender fluid in my presentation and stuff, and um, 
but I can go pretty trans mask and I have a lot of trans mask friends, but I uh, had never heard anyone particularly talk about this movie. So I was really curious to watch it. And it was really interesting to watch it uh, for the first time ever. For the first <laughs> time like, through that lens. <laughs> yeah. Like my first, I'm like, I'm going to watch this 2002 Disney movie and think about how maybe it could relate to your trans journey. And I was like, this is, this is wild. Yeah. Like my notes had a, um, and section, I, this is making me sound so nerdy. My notes said a section. Um, but yeah, like, viewing this as trans, like, uh, section of my notes so I could, like, do that, which is a wild thing to say when watching Treasure Planet for the first time. Yeah, so I, but, I guess we're going to talk about what happens in the movie before we really get into, like, why yeah, I think it's weird. trans or, I mean, I don't think it is. That's, like, the kind of weird thing about stuff that can be viewed through a queer lens is like i'm not saying it is i don't want to like give credit to the people who made this movie like ah yes they were speaking to the trans masculine experience by making this character who has this weird haircut like i don't (laughs) i don't think it was intentional but it it certainly was accidental like something that happened yeah well i think that's like how a lot of the movies that a lot of uh queer folks uh either movies or tv shows or other kind of media that we latched onto as kids was not necessarily because it was anything explicit but those like kind of coded messaging or a lot of it probably accidental that like stands out to us and we're like wow i'm really connected to this and i don't know why and then as you get older you think oh because there's all this stuff going on that yeah yeah definitely yeah which is why i wanted to include that um as an kind of option when talking about queer films because i think a lot of the things that we think of as being really important to us is not explicitly queer at all but yeah i mean it's funny because yeah if i if i wanted to go even more literal even with a disney movie there's like mulan you know what i mean which is like Mm -hmm. i'm sure tons of trans mask people are like oh mulan of course or like a lot of other kind of like quote-unquote gender bender movies and tv shows like that's definitely been a thing but for some reason like i had latched on to that not to say that i didn't latch on to mulan also mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it was both but for whatever reason this one came to mind yeah so what happens in this movie so we're we start oh, off geez. with um jim hawkins who is uh a teen right no well the beginning is like a Child, In the he's a, I guess. a child. Yeah, that's like his sort of like tragic backstory. Well, they don't actually show the tragic backstory at first. They just show him like wanting to be an adventurer, I guess, and hearing yeah, they stories. just show his mother reading him stories about a uh, pirate captain Nathaniel Flint who stores all his gold in Treasure Planet, and uh, he wants to do that. And he's Find very cute, it, I guess. Yeah. Disney little kids are super, super fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, no, the, he's very adorable as a child. Um, it's funny, though, because he has, like, almost the same hair, but just, like, on a child's <laughs> Yeah. Just missing, because... like, the weird little rat tail situation he has later, but yeah, for the most part, it's, know. like, a teen haircut. <laughs> like, oh, well, yes, that's Jim, yeah. I can tell. That's what they do with cartoons or TV shows or whatever. You couldn't tell it's the same person if you don't put the exact same haircut on them their entire life. Like, right now, by my childhood standards, I should have a bowl cut. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have my childhood haircut because it would be like a weird sort of fro situation that was not (laughs) 
not very well managed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, you know, that's, he's super into it. And then it shows him as a teen and he, his dad he's is a gone. sad teen. And he's getting into he's trouble. He's an angsty Yeah, he's child. angsty. Yeah. Which at first you're like, oh, this ki- this kid is just a little shit because you don't know yet, right? Because they don't tell you about the dad thing until after. Then there, then his mom is standing there with um with Doppler, who's sort of like this this foppish <laughs> like friend of the family, I guess, with a dog face. And the mom is like, oh yeah, like you know, professor. ever since his dad yeah. left, he's, he's been acting shit. out in this way. Yeah. yeah, basically. And you're like, oh right, that's why he's terrible. He's not just like a whiny teenager. <laughs> yeah. But he's just, like, breaking the law, going sky surfing or whatever, having a really good time. I really wanted to sky surf as a child. I was really into that idea. I think because I also had, like, that that childhood aspiration of, like, being, like, a, a surfer slash skateboarder, like, in rocket power, like that <laughs> ideal, which was definitely not something that would ever happen because I was not coordinated <laughs> enough and I didn't live in a place where you could surf, but... <laughs> Rocket Power just made me want to start a zine. So <laughs> about Rocket Power? <laughs> no, because the sister has a zine. Oh, the sister had a zine. You're right. The sister did have a zine. Well, She's she was always like, talking about it. She was like a riot girl, I guess. In retrospect, yeah, she was. About it. She was, and that's what I did in college. So you know, I followed that dream all the way to its end. Wow, you became Reggie Rocket. Be the Reggie yeah. you, wish- you wish to see in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did have a skateboard with Reggie Rocket on it, by the way. Oh my god, that's amazing. In yeah, case I there's any think... question about what decade I was born. Yeah, I just became uh, Reggie Rocket, but with less baggy jeans. So, Well, thank god, because she would be tripping all over the place. So, he's all in trouble, and he overhears this like shitty thing about himself, and he's like, I feel bad now. But then a fucking spaceship crashes near the inn that yeah. his mom owns. You know when you're like being an angsty teen, and then like pirates arrive, and you have to like <laughs> stop acting out for a second? <laughs> you have to carry the pirate up this hill, and he has oh, a yeah, weird Billy spear, Bones, and mean? he- What? You mean Billy Bones, the guy who's like shouting about the cyborg? Yeah, yeah, he has to carry, yeah, Jim has to carry Billy Bones up the hill, and he's like, hey, um, you're dying, maybe. And then Billy Bones is like, here's a sphere, beware the cyborg. I know, it's like so hilarious exposition, like, he's just like, here, take this son, like, why would he do that? (laughs) He he doesn't know him. (laughs) He's like, thanks for carrying me up the hill. Here's a map to all of the world's treasure. <laughs> all the treasure in the entire universe. Just have that, please. So it happens, though. And then a gang of pirates burn the inn down. And then him and his mom go to Doppler's house. And Jim accidentally opens the sphere. Yeah, that always seems to happen, right? Where It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, like Harry Potter, where he like opens the... The stitch, or not the, the what is it? The, the snitch. Sorry, not the stitch. I'm got stitch on the brain because of Lula and Stitch. He opens the snitch, and there's like the thing inside. Anyways, so the house burns down. He opens up this map, and they're like, "Holy shit, it's a map! Oh my gosh, it goes to Treasure Island or Treasure Planet." <laughs> well, and yeah, Treasure Island. Like, it's the same thing. It's the same story. Yeah. Yes, it is. Just in space. But I need to be specific. Um, but no, so they. And uh, immediately, everyone accepts this. They're like, this is definitely a real map to Treasure Planet, obviously. 
And Doppler's like, do you know what would be really cool and good for your son? Uh, who's a delinquent? Is if we got a ship. <laughs> Is if we got a ship and got uh, a crew for that ship that we did. We checked no references for. And... Um, and then we went into space for a little while. I think that'd be really good yeah, for your this son. Is... All right. I have some questions about this, honestly. <laughs> um, the turnaround for this trip is like almost non-existent, <laughs> right? Like they find, I feel like he finds the sphere, immediately accident. finds the map, then they're like on a ship, like immediately. It's like three scenes and they're there already. So I don't know what yes. happened. He like booked a ship in very short notice. Also, like, does that mean that Doppler has a lot of money? Because if he has a lot of money, why can't he help rebuild the inn? It's kind of a lot of questions. I was questioning that the whole time. I think I wrote down in my notes. I wrote down, this is why you can't, um, wait, where'd it go? This is why you can't trust rich friends because they won't yeah. help you in your time of need. No, he'd rather go on an adventure and, like, maybe find some treasure than, like, I don't know, use the money he spent on... I feel like renting a boat is might be more expensive. I don't know. I mean, it's not a boat. It's, like, a spaceship, like, so it's even they... more... I was like, why can't they just live with you? Why can't you help them? That, that's it? another why option, can't you too, offer, yeah. Why can't you offer her a loan? The inn seemed so small. Like, I feel like it could have easily been repaired. Right? As compared to, like, like, all right, we have a spaceship now. And, like, a whole crew. So they're, like, paying an entire crew. And, like, a captain. And a very reputable captain with lots of Yeah, like, what? Where do these people come from? I have some questions about the logistics of this. I also have a lot of questions about the logistics of it. I Again, you have to bear in mind I haven't. I haven't seen this movie in a hot minute, so I didn't remember any of this. Like, I just generally remembered the beats, and I'm like, oh, well, I mean, they get, a like, a ship somehow. I didn't realize they just straight up just jumped to them having a ship. Like, you'd think there'd be, like, something, him going to some place. Like, maybe they cut that out, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of confused about how that all transpires. Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear. Not important. So anyways, they get a ship, and the crew is, like, really sketchy. And, uh, but they have a really good captain and first mate being Captain Amelia, um, and Mr. Arrow. By Emma Thompson. No nonsense. Yes, Emma Thompson. And she's a cat. Uh, Yeah, she has a cat, much like how Doppler is a dog or something. Like a space cat, quote unquote. She's like a space cat, and Doppler's like a weird dog. He calls her feline at some point. So, like, she's sort of. He definitely calls her a cat or something, I think. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's just definitely like, oh, cat like, and he's definitely dog like, and it's it's a thing. It Cats makes the are ending ladies. weird. Men are dogs, but they have a yeah, they have a kid, they have kids. The their binary, kids like, their kids are. Like, oh yeah, spoiler like, alert! They have Piggy. kids at the end. Yeah, their kids are like when Miss Piggy and Kermit have kids. Kermit have kids, and they're just frogs, like frogs and, and pigs. The, yeah, and, like the girls are pigs, and it's just like oh, that's yeah. A really weird binary. Or it's um, there's a there's a lot of examples of that in Disney, like in um, Lady and the Tramp, the same thing, where all the like the boy puppies look like um the tramp, and all the girls look like Lady. Doesn't make sense. Cocker Spaniel like isn't a gender. <laughs> you know, Adventure Time makes it up. Some of them look like more rainicorns. Some of them look more like dogs, and it has nothing to do with their gender. Yeah, that that's more of the uh the Shrek and dragon approach. <laughs> Yeah, to weird yeah. Inter- interspecies children. <laughs> I forgot about that. I just rewatched Shrek one recently, but it's been a minute since I watched the rest of them. Okay, so yeah, so that happens. 
there's yeah um the captain's like hey hide your fucking map from this crew they oh suck. yeah because he's a moron <laughs> Doppler's like, we're looking for treasure, the biggest planet of treasure in all of the land. And then, like, the captain is like, dude, like, you're surrounded by all these, like, sketchy crew people that you hired. And you're just yelling about treasure. Like, why? But also, like, they're gonna go there. There's no hiding you're on treasure planet. Like, I guess that's ex- true. Like, what exactly did they think the crew was gonna think when they got there? Like, she, I don't know. Oh, she wanted to sure keep does it on- look like tiny gold. <laughs> like... I just want to keep it on the DL or, like, I don't know, dock the ship and then go by yourself or... Why would you need to keep it on the DL on the way there? Like... I'm not sure. I don't know. It doesn't... There's plot holes, I think, is the thing. Because I'm also (laughs) thinking about, okay, we do very quickly learn that they... Yeah, no, especially, like, okay, I'll admit, listen, this this movie's beloved to me in certain ways, but I can admit when something doesn't make sense. And (laughs) I don't know... The the crew knows that they're going to Treasure Planet, right? Like, all of them are a part of, like, the secret thing with yes. Silver, which we'll talk about later. But how do they... It, do they explain why they know that? Or do they just, like, hurt it somehow? I think they were some of the... I think they were the pirates who were chasing Billy Bones. And... Okay. So then they just, like, followed it. That that must have been it, or something like that. I don't know if they explicitly like spell. Well, because they said that it was something they had been aiming at for like years. Yeah, so I don't know. I feel like also that combined with the fact that Doppler like can't shut his mouth. Like, what is I forget what um the Amelia says, but she says something about like shut your trap or something to that (laughs) level of like please stop talking. So it could have easily gotten out that way. Yeah, you suck. Yeah, basically she would have said shut the fuck up if it wasn't a children's movie. Yeah, she absolutely would like, yeah, she definitely would have. Um, and then she's like, Jim, you're a cabin boy, go work with the cook. And then the cook, dun-dun-dun, is a cyborg. And he's, he's like, hey, cyborg, are you which, the cyborg yeah. um, that I've heard about? And he's like... Yeah, I love how Jim immediately shows his cards. Like, he kind of tries to be subtle about it. I don't, Wait, did we mention the thing about Billy Bones that, like, he's like, beware yeah. of the cyborg? Yes, That's all he says, did. basically. He says, beware of the which cyborg also- and something about treasure. Which is why I think that the, they were the same pirates, because if Billy Bones had wear the cyborgs, because they've been, like, tracked. Right, them. they're part of the same crew or something, or, like, knew yeah. each other somehow. Uh, yeah, and Jim is, like, trying to be subtle about it, where he's like, hey, I just saw this guy, Billy Bones, looking for his friend who's a cyborg. Are you that cyborg? Like, as if that's a good idea to just straight up ask, instead of, like, keeping that under his hat <laughs> and trying to figure it out yeah. himself. Yeah, it's really, really bad. It's like Aang trying to be sneaky with someone. It's not good. Like I, I mean, I guess um, he's supposed to be a teen, so maybe he's just dumb. <laughs> he's he's a delinquent student. He doesn't go to school. He just surfs. That's true. Yeah, he's like a surfer dude who's like and a truant. That's kind of the <laughs> the human equivalent of. I mean, wait, is he a person? That's another question. I They're think people, so. right? Yeah, but they just like human. live on a space planet like a different planet than ours yeah but they're still they live on a planet somehow. where dogs have evolved into being uh dogs were kept in houses to the point is montressor became... earth just like in the future <laughs> it's like know. a planet of the ape situation i thought it was like part of france or something i don't know it's a planet yeah, wait, isn't where... that isn't the name of the guy in um in a cask of amontillado <laughs> is montressor <laughs> i'm not sure yeah, that's like the, the short story by um, Edgar Allan Poe. It's like an interesting choice of planet name. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So he's like, hey. And then you immediately. Okay. And then also, he's like, hey. has this little pet, uh, which is basically like a ditto. Um, yeah, a squishy baby child who I love. It's like it's like if Ditto and Flubber had a child. Kinda. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a like a bit. kind of a cute little sidekick friend. I remember, and like something from a character. Miyazaki, a Miyazaki film. Yeah, it has it has big Miyazaki energy. It also I remember it mainly because it featured heavily in the video game. People keep mentioning the video game to me when I say I'm doing Treasure Planet. They're like, <laughs> "That game slapped," and I was like. Yeah, that game does slap. I never finished it though. It kind of stressed me out, but I did enjoy a lot of the other levels before I well, gave I'm up. Not really curious about it. Yeah, but like a big part of it is like the little morph guy who can like turn into like a, a glider thing to help you do double jumps yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, whatever," and then immediately for the viewer, like we are shown that the cyborg is a liar and he's mutinous and he's there to get the gold and it's like really it's immediately there's no tension there's never a moment where you're like oh my god he's good or bad he's like he's bad actually uh just like you thought i mean it's true i kind (laughs) of like that they just cut to the chase because you kind of already know it's been revealed that there's a cyborg they introduce a cyborg um i think it's more like later on they want you to question like oh is he good or evil but more in like a like, we know that he's a cyborg that they were talking about, but has he changed? And that kind of question yeah, as opposed yeah. to being like, oh, what are, where do his loyalties lie? Because you know where his loyalties lie, but, like, I mean, he might be yeah. changing his mind or something I agree like with that. you. I agree with you. I think ultimately it is a better choice because, like you said, they're not trying to say, does he do bad things? They're trying to say, does, like, that, like, make him a bad person? Like, yeah, which is interesting, actually. But it does feel weird at first before you realize it's where they're going. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I also, I have to keep in mind that, like, this is a kid's movie, and I think the, like, timing and cadence of the story is faster than maybe you might write that story for adults, let's say, because it's, just, I don't know, it's like a cartoon, so the movie isn't, like, that long, and they have to fit a lot of stuff in it. I think it's faster even than some other, like, Disney movies, because they're kind of packing in a lot, like... Yeah, I mean, they travel to several locations, because there's the... Them being in Montresor, Montresor. I think it's Montresor, even though Montresor. I think it's anyway. Montresor is how they say it. Yeah, they they come from Montresor, then they like travel. The, most of the movie is sort of like a, I guess, the equivalent of like a a road trip or travel movie where they're on the ship, and yeah. then when they get to Treasure Planet, there's like that all that stuff that happens there. So there's a lot to kind of there's li- a lot of literal space to cover. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they have to cover a lot really quickly because they are covering an old story and those old stories go on to be like you can't cover a whole odyssey in like easily in 130 yeah. minutes or you know no, or an hour and 30 minutes will, so we'll lose yeah. um but lose they do it because you have a main character who isn't even introduced uh, until like the third act um <laughs> but anyway so they mute they're you know, like mutinous and there's a shitty guy named Scroop and he's a real asshole and a guy like a is stretching it, he's a bug. <laughs> oh yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> he's more yeah, of a bug a than a guy. Bug. I mean he's both a guy Scorpion. and a bug, I guess. Yeah. He's he's a real dick. He can't hide that they're gonna be uh, mutinous for even a second. He wants he's to, like, like fight I need everyone to know I suck and I need them to know it right now. Um and I think we should murder all these people. And uh, Mr. and uh, 
John Silver, who, uh, after Jim asks if he's evil, then uh, John Silver puts him to really hard work. Then they have, like, kind of a father-son relationship, and they're, yeah, like, really uh, bonding. This is when the um the iconic musical montage happens, I think, right? Yes. It is so that's when they... Period. We can get back yeah. to that. We'll get back yeah. to the, the we'll, iconic musical montage. We'll circle montage back to of, that. Yeah, where they become father and son via the soothing sounds of John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then they go back. Um, anyways, yeah, God, this this just summarizing is taking a million years because so much happens. And then yeah, they so I, like, yeah. I kind of get that they speed through it. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. No, well, like I don't think it's a bad choice. It just feels odd to me at first, but then it quickly yeah. is like, oh no, of course this is why because this isn't the story they're telling. They're telling a different story. Like, uh, so whatever. Basically, what happens is pirates mutiny. Uh, Mister Arrow gets uh killed and he gets yeeted uh, and he is made yeah he's <laughs> fucking yeeted into space and uh because scroop uh fucked with his like safety thing his safety that line, had yeah. and then blames himself. it on jim and then jim spirals into like a self-hate spiral yeah because he thought how he, he, can, like, he keeps fucking up all the time manslaughter or something yeah <laughs> i know right like it's not just like for your angst jim like you killed a man i mean he didn't but like he thinks he did so that's kind yeah, of how he's acting. Yeah, so it's not good. And and then John Silver is like, oh, if I gotta be careful. I'm getting in too deep. People are gonna think I'm weak. And Scroop hears this and it's like, you shouldn't oh, monologue Can to I, yourself. Just an aside, yes. I hate when characters just say their inner monologues out loud. <laughs> so that way a character can overhear it. Like, oh, I'm getting a soft spot for the kid. Like, why? <laughs> why would you say I that? I agree. I agree, but then I catch myself talking aloud to myself. Like, I was walking to work the other day, and I saw this car go by, and it was super weird. It was like a, like a old bug van, like a, Vol- mm-hmm. like a Volkswagen van, but like really narrow, like really narrow, like night's bus narrow. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's very weird looking. Out loud to myself. Just like out loud. And I was yeah, like, I mean, I but also just the context of like, okay, imagine you're a pirate. I know this is a big leap. Imagine you're a space <laughs> pirate and you're uh, trying to keep a secret and you have all these like different loyalties and you know that there's like a bunch of other pirates who are sneaking around on the ship. You're on a confined <laughs> space, right? There's only so many places that everyone can be. So then you're like speaking out loud all of like these like moral conflicts you're going through. Like that's really a bad idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's I know not it's a, a kids idea. movie. That's it's like a rhetorical is, device. Like there's a reason they do it, but he is not a very good pirate. Um, that's why he has to be able to get the spear for like six years. Um, it's true, and the child was immediately able to find it. <laughs> right <laughs> and open it too. Like it seems like they only Jim knows funding. how to use the map. Yeah. Um, this is what happens when you have money. You can get things done. Um, so anyways, Jim overhears the the people mutinying and they jim doppler amelia and then morph comes with them like try to leave but morph was like pretending to be the sphere map thing the and time. then i don't know why because it's a little shit kind of to be honest yeah, morph is like shit. a pain in the because ass. they can't decide if it likes if it's on because it's john silver's pet but really yeah likes, but so then the but loyalty really of the of morph is called into question which is kind of sad because it seems like this sweet little innocent thing but i feel like it just sort of embodies like chaotic neutral with like it's just like it's there for a laugh <laughs> you know it doesn't really yeah. care so then they're like fuck we don't have the map and then the other pirates are like hey give us the map 
or we're gonna kill you and they're like fuck well i guess i gotta go break into the their ship and get the map or the map still is it's a little confusing also they run into this robot voiced by martin short yeah martin short who's yeah and then ben i like his um initialism thing i can't remember what ben stands for i think it's um biomechanical uh something Something navigator? navigation? Something, yeah. Bio, yeah, a bioelectric navigator, I think. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but he's pretty much the personality of a robot you would expect to be voiced by Martin Short. <laughs> um, yeah, just wacky and kooky. Doing like, and you know the Martin Short voice? Stuff. I think you all know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember stuff because he's missing a part. Because of course he is. Um, because it's narratively attacks. interesting yeah. to have him. And he thing. can't stop yelling. He has, yeah, he can't stop yelling and is getting them into trouble literally constantly. Um, well, he, like, shouts some... where they are, which is kind of, like, yeah. a very a tried and true trope of, like, oh, here's, like, this oblivious, like, companion I've picked up in my travels and now it will reveal my hiding spot. And I'm going to keep it even though I just met it three seconds ago. But yeah, yeah, it has. It's life. sort of like, um, like the Wizard of Oz kind of like mentality of like, oh, I've met a person while I'm traveling. I guess we're traveling together now. Which can you imagine? Can you imagine if like every person who like said hi to you on the street was like, actually, I'm going the way you're going. Let's go to get. Let's link arms and <laughs> sing a song. I mean, in this, like he he kind of convinces Jim to do so because he like pities him. He's like, please don't leave me. I've been like, cool. We know that he knew um the Captain Nathaniel Flint way back when he was sailing the seven universes, I guess. Um, and that he so yeah, he's like oh, maybe he'll sort be of remembers some things. So he's like he's like narratively important, and he might remember some important stuff. So then I yeah. guess Jim is like, okay, well I guess you can come along both because I feel bad for you. Yeah, because you might. He's be an helpful. NPC you're trying to get information out of. Yeah, basically, yeah. He ha- he has very much an NPC kind of vibe to him. Yeah, he has big like video game follower vibes like that is what i thought the whole time i was like god this is that video yeah. game follower that you can't get rid of once he's in your party um that's like kind of probably why this this movie made a good video game is because it already kind of feels like a video game <laughs> yeah it's definitely set up to be a video game it's long so many so many stages like so many different things happen yeah. I mean, it's yeah, not long I but it's i mean fun. like it's the same length as every other disney kids movie but like just so many different like fights and other things happen that you can turn into stages in video games. The game so. is even weirder though because they add like all these other stages where you're like still you go to like other planets and meet other aliens and stuff. It's like a completely added story. That's kind of weird. It's the whole Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> um. So whatever. They eventually get the map, and then. Silver catches him getting the map and like shoots to go- aims to shoot to kill, but then sees Jim is like fuck I love my son and then doesn't shoot him. I love um, my space son who I even though his haircut is bad I love him. <laughs> and so whatever Amelia gets injured, that's actually when they meet Ben. We got ahead of ourselves and then um you know they try to get to the treasure basically they realize yeah, i mean that well they the- they go to they go to ben's weird little hut and then they get caught yeah. very quickly in the hut because he's loud and doesn't know what's happening yeah um so that, that's kind of this- very short-lived yeah. 
And then they find this thing in the ground where they stick the map in. This is when they're with the pirates because the pirates had caught them or whatever. And he's like, open up the map. And he's like, I have camps. And then he puts it in the ground. Because uh, Jim is very good at figuring out what buttons to press. And what yeah, he's just really good at things. like this this sort of puzzle. Of, like, I have this sphere. I guess it fits here. I don't know. And I do this thing. And ta-da, a portal. Like, I don't know. He's just, he has the knack for it. Well, everyone else just doesn't know what they're doing for whatever yeah. reason. It's sort of like when you try to explain to a boomer how to use the internet. <laughs> it's a little bit yeah. like that. <laughs> So, um, so then they, God, so I try to explain, I tried to explain subtweeting to my therapist who's not on Twitter <laughs> and it was <laughs> wild. <laughs> I was like, I cannot I was make like, this well, first you need to like learn th- this premise and then you can move on to these other more complicated premises. Yeah. I've, I've <laughs> done the same thing with my therapist. In fact, talking about <laughs> social media where she's like, what does that mean? She was like, what yeah. is mansplaining? Well, I had to explain not only subtweeting, but subtweeting on a private. So it was like even deeper. I was like, well, some people have two Twitters. And like, oh, God. It was a lot. Anyway, she would be really good at That's what Jim is like with the magical map. (laughs) (laughs) It's like subtweeting. (laughs) So Jim. Oh, God. So then Jim's like, oh, wait. I figured it out. This whole planet has portals, or there's these portals you now can you're pull thinking up, portals. and this map is how these portals that come out of the map is how uh, he was able to, yeah, the original captain to planet yeah. to get all the treasure, and then they go back here, and this is like the treasure planet. This is his, this is his storage room, and then they go and they're trying to get away, and they jump in something or whatever, blah blah blah. They find. No, they go to the treasure. They're like, "Wow, what a lot of treasure!" And it's like Jim and the people. <laughs> what a lot of treasure! Pirates. It's almost like this planet is made of treasure. Well, because like um, the, it's yeah, they find out that the planet is like not really a planet per se. It's like a spaceship thing that like in the core of it is a treasure room that um, Captain Nathaniel Flint. Like, yeah, it's like a yeah, it's like a space station. Yeah, yeah, and then so in the then, center, that's where all of his treasure is. But yeah, and anyway. then they immediately find. Ben's like cognitive computer, according to Wikipedia, yeah. and uh, he's like, "Hey Ben, come here!" And he puts it in his head, he just, like and he's, snaps like, it in like a Lego, basically, and it works, which is amazing. Because anytime I try to fix old electronics, I'm like, "This is never gonna work." Like me trying to get like a a freaking like light up pin to work that I got at like a thrift store or something. Mm-hmm. It, that's never gonna work. Like it, it's been sitting there for what thousands of years. I want to like send you a light up pen now. I think I have one next to me. Oh no! I mean, um, not, I mean a p- a pin, not a pen. But that would be fun. Pin. I thought you said. Okay. Yeah. I no, I, I got like, a p- I got like a pin from a. Yeah. <laughs> from like this Christmas market I went to. Um, long story, but anyway, it had like light up eyes on it, and the eyes didn't light up, and I was very disappointed. But all I'm saying is, like, wires and things degrade very qu- quickly, so, like, you have to really suspend your disbelief of, like, that this part that was, like, ripped out by this guy who's now a skeleton, so it's been a while, right? Like, he's also, he's not like even right a corpse anymore. He's a skeleton. Yeah. Also, that, like, technology, like, how long has it been? And I feel like technology has not advanced that much. Like, if that robot existed. I don't know. Ma- yeah. So there, it's advanced... Not enough to the point where things are like sleek because it's sort of like the steampunk world where there's like still a lot of like brass, I guess. I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing. Yeah, it is quite confusing. So then 
Ben's like, hey, what up? I remember things. And guess what? This planet's going to explode because this bitch didn't want anyone to have his treasure even after he was dead. He was like, fuck you all. Explode all the treasure. I'm going to make economy so unstable. I never really got that. Like the idea of like destroying your plunder after you're gone. Like who cares? It's You're gone now. Like what is he going to do? Spend it in, in pirate hell? Like I don't know. Just to like spite everyone else? I'm not sure. He's he's petty, I guess. I think pirates are petty in general. Yeah, that's what I got. They're very petty. Which, like, I'm pretty petty, but I'm not that kind of petty, so. Yeah, if, if, my, if I have a giant, like, room of treasure, first of all, good on me. I don't have that now. But if I ever get one, you could take it when I'm gone. It's fine. Yeah, you could have all my I'm stuff. I'm not using it. I got some great stuff. Anyways, so then, you know, the planet starts exploding. They're all trying to get out. It's not going super hot. They realize that they're not going to be able to get out in time to, like, miss the blast radius. They're like, okay, I guess maybe we're going to die. And Jim's like, hold up. I'm going to change. I'm going to open up a portal. And they're like, but isn't that portal going to go to where the explosion is? And he's like, nah, I'm going to change it to Montressor, like, landing pad, basically. It's going to be fine. And of course, his like the whole thing of him, what like I guess skyboarding, like, is it, what is yeah, it? Yeah, like from the know? beginning when he was the spaceboarding thing that he does, he that becomes important now because he like does a a makeshift spaceboard by like I don't know attaching a rocket to a piece of wood and then like yeah, silver helps him by like welding it. I don't he know. Is, he is MacGyver meets auto rocket. It's going sky well. surfing I, is what they call it, but it doesn't matter. It's it's just it's surfing but in space it's you know he's super good at it and then um he gets it he does the thing they get to montressor spaceport and they're like what a wonderful job we did um but also this whole time doppler and amelia have been like making eyes at each other and they're like hey i like your vibes hey you smart actually yeah i guess amelia's into into doppler because he like uses his intelligence to like help them through that storm and a few other things and yeah, she's like weirdly she, impressed they're with both him. Sa- they're both insufferable sapiosexuals yeah that's kind of exactly what they are <laughs> <laughs> like your mind <laughs> like literally and then they're like okay and so gets off and they're like hooray we didn't get away with any gold except we got away with just enough gold uh because silver grabbed a handful with his big cyborg hand yeah because silver like Somehow had gone with them or whatever, or they had captured him and turned him into the jail. But then, like Jim lets him go, and he like gives him some treasure, and he's like, "Here, um, you know, to fix the give it to your mom." And also, love you, son. I'm not a very good dad. And then leaves. (laughs) And then also, if we didn't mention it already, um, (laughs) I think we did mention that like we mentioned before that his dad left when he was young basically his dad left without saying goodbye and it was sad and tragic and he disappeared and he never found out why yeah, we and never that's, that's out part why. of why he has like this certain readiness to trust silver even though it's kind of obvious he shouldn't because he wants like a father figure and all of that yeah. so that there's definitely like a lot of heavy-handed um and then stuff amelia that. is like hey i would love to recommend you to the interstellar academy you're so good at space traveling and he's like tight 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 
And then it like, goes to the future and they like rebuild the inn and Doppler and Amelia have like little babies. Little weird. And then Jane's in the tramp like, babies. In the fucking military, which sucks. Yeah, and- no, he, he kind of sells it. I did I I don't think I realized that he was in the military like later because I was like, oh, the Space Academy. I thought he became like a ship captain. I guess that's kind of what he is. But like he's definitely in the he's, he's definitely like joined a, the navy. Like Yeah, he joined like the Space Navy, which like He joined I Starfleet. Mean, like He's just, yeah, he's like military. Yeah, not great. And then he looks at the sky, and in the clouds, he sees silver. And that is so long of a description of this film. It's it's like for children, but it's it's so long of a description. I don't, yeah, I don't know why it goes on for so long. God, well, partially because I just kept getting distracted, as I want to do. Um, But also, (laughs) Yeah, no, also this movie, though, is like kind of meandering, in a way. yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. I kind of was like, what are the vibes of this film? Um, But yeah, it's just a space adventure. It's just a good old-fashioned Odyssey story. Yeah. I mean, everything that happens, you kind of expect. I guess other than I didn't totally remember that they let Silver go. For some reason, I was like, did he die? Or, like, they don't forgive him or something? Or does he, like, blow up on the planet? But no, like, he's fine. He goes. (laughs) They let him go. Yep. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, so I think we now... Now that we've read that entire description, we can talk a bit more about... We can talk about why I picked <laughs> Yeah, because I'm sure anyone listening to the, sc- to the description right now is like, yes, an incredible like, okay, wait, story. what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's definitely the most queer thing I've heard, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think we can... We should talk a, a bit about what stood out to you growing up or even now. And why this was important to you and why you think maybe it was important to other trans mass people as well. Yeah, I mean, I obviously can only look at it from that perspective. I do think it's like a specifically trans mask thing I get because especially like Jim as a character, um, a lot of his like coming of age and his story has to do with him like quote unquote like learning how to be a man, I guess, which is like obviously has more to do with the fact that he's like missing a father or a father figure but that can like be mapped onto like a a more general experience of like oh if you're not being perceived as like the gender you are then you're not like being taught how to live that way I guess so that that might be kind of like what people are picking up on with Jim I mean on a superficial level obviously like something about I don't know he's like ridiculous futuristic haircut does have like some sort of like queer vibes to it that i can't quite articulate and like big baggy clothing yeah like there's where he's like not quite like presenting in a traditionally masculine way like he has like a ponytail and he has like an earring and he doesn't have facial hair because he's like prepubescent but i think a lot of times those kinds of characters like resonate with trans masculine he's not prepubescent it's 12 years later when he goes oh is he Okay. Okay. So he's not prepubescent. He's, he's a like, teen. He's, he's like a, he's a teen. Though. He's like, like a, so. He's he's like fourteen to eighteen. That's true. He's not prepubescent. He's pubescent. He's like yeah. He's like a teenager, but still, you know what I mean. Like I I think like mm-hmm. younger male characters like that are kind of often relatable yeah, to trans yeah. mask mm-hmm. people. Similarly to like someone like uh like Peter Pan, for example, is like famously mm-hmm. played by a woman in like a lot of um. Mm-hmm. Productions and a lot of like trans people relate to that because it's like oh this like younger male is represented by this assigned female person and like that there's sort of like that androgyny thing happening yeah that is interesting i'm thinking about that now because i wonder if that like how that changes as you age 
Yeah, I mean, it's like it's definitely like a stereotype that like trans mass people look younger than they are. Yeah, no, and that makes sense to me. I'm just like I'm actually just now reflecting on because like when you said that, like that intuitively made sense to me. I'm like, well, yeah, we can't like grow visual hair. We tend to have softer, like looking, mm-hmm. like more rounded. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily be... always. Yeah, not oh, this is testosterone a and stuff. Complete but... exaggeration. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but a generalization. Complete yeah. over. Yeah. Overgeneralization is meant to say, yeah. Um, but, you know, like, there's there's that for people who haven't, like, who, yeah, just, like, it's a common thought, at least. And uh, so it does make sense to be looking at it. I'm just thinking about how that, like, I wonder as we age, what types of characters will speak to us later on in life. Because I feel like those things wouldn't really translate to me if I'm thinking about, like, well, what's going to be like if I'm 40? Or, like, I'm just curious now, like, what types of characters I'm going to, like kind of see myself in that yeah i mean that is kind of interesting but also i guess there aren't a lot of older trans representation either but yeah there's something about like the specific like like boyish like representation where like it exists in a space that's like almost pre-gender in a way where like before like secondary sex characteristics are like as important because they are kind of mm-hmm. like nebulous like if when you're younger it it's not as like delineated like oh that person looks like a man oh that person looks like a woman kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah that totally makes sense my brain just always like goes to the i have a my degree was in geriatric social work so my brain always goes to that perspective of like oh i wonder how this is gonna be or like oh i, wonder yeah. I mean there's obviously like not a lot of representation for like trans elders for example but so. um anyway uh yeah i think that visual aspect though definitely makes sense but yeah i'm curious to hear more about like what your thoughts about like you were saying this kind of like searching for someone to kind of like I don't know if you were, I don't want to like put the wrong words with this kind of right. idea of like teaching you how to be a man, so to speak. Or or like, I get, yeah, or like masculinity, I guess. Masculine, like there's certain, yeah. there's definitely, yeah, there's like this idea, I think, that like is present in all sorts of media that's not necessarily about trans people where it's like, oh, if you're like a son, then you need like a father figure to teach mm-hmm. you how to be a man kind of thing. So it's this idea mm-hmm. of like, you need this like, role model to represent what your masculinity is going to look like and i think that that's like sort of implied in the movie and very implied in the lyrics to the song that they play during that um musical montage with jim and silver where it's like very obviously about how like he doesn't have this like figure because his dad like it's it's like i think it's important too that like his dad didn't die his dad like went away so he like Mm-hmm. abandon him which is like another like kind of detail like he he left him to like not be raised in that certain way yeah and the one the one male character he does have in his life is like not supported seemingly in any way like doppler is one yeah not not a traditionally masculine person like john silver is uh and it's kind of like it's just kind of like brought up a bit i feel like yeah like he's and other people 
Like, not explicitly being like, you're not no, a man. No, I, I know what you're like, saying, yeah. Because he definitely, it's funny, because I feel like Amelia and Doppler are queer-coded in, to some extent because they, like, defy, like, the stereotype of, like, oh, the male character is going to be, like, very assertive, and then the female character is going to be, like, doting and oblivious or whatever, while he's kind of, like, the weak one, and she, like, immediately upon meeting him is, like, correcting him and all that kind of stuff and yeah, telling him that his, like, that. spacesuit's on backwards. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I do think to some extent that is like Jim being like, oh, I, I see you as like this, like male figure in my life, but you're like not a father figure because you don't like fulfill that like masculine role that you're supposed to. Um, I mean, he gets like made fun of all the time. He's kind of like the, the butt of a lot of jokes Doppler is. Yeah. And he's also like, when we had seen him previously before this journey, had been kind of just like dismissive of Jim. Yeah. And also very intensely rejects the idea that he's his father. Because there's a moment where um, the oh, yeah, space does, police, yeah. I guess, mistake him for uh, Jim's dad. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he's, like, very defensive to, like, make sure they mm-hmm. don't think that about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to be, like, responsible for him and how he is. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, like, just, like, a different dynamic. Well, I, I think Silver, mm-hmm. because of his, like, obvious, um, like, he has motivations that aren't entirely pure. But he ends up kind of bonding with Jim more and actually being like, yeah, I'll be your father figure. I'll be your mentor, that kind of thing. Yeah. And like seeing good things in Jim and kind of like understanding Jim. I feel like one of the first people who like actually, because I feel like his mom loves him, but it's just like, I don't see my little child anymore. Like, this is not who you were before. I don't know how to like talk to you now. Like, I don't understand who you are now. Yeah, Um, which totally feels like a a trans narrative to some extent, right? Of being like, oh, I don't relate to my loved ones. And they're like, they were like, why are you acting out? Why don't you have like, why do you feel like you're not getting enough support for me in this way? And like, I think obviously it like wasn't intentional on the part of the people who made the film, but it kind of, I think there's like a lot of like layers that accidentally resonate in that way mm-hmm. no i i was thinking that while watching it um again because i was watching it it's like looking for that and I, I right yeah for the first time that. which is fascinating that <laughs> yeah <you> never <laughs> just like watched it as like a dumb disney movie you're like yeah. okay but is jim trans like he's not but he can also also be but what if he was like... but what if he was like <laughs> what would this yeah what could this be telling me but yeah, um, you know, like, so she doesn't really get him. Uh, Doppler's really never tried to until maybe now. <laughs> and um, and even then, not super much. But even so. then, he's kind of taking advantage of Jim. I mean, well, obviously Silver is, but he doesn't know that at first. Um, mm-hmm. But like, even Doppler's like, oh, I just want to go on like this adventure yeah. with you. It's uh, not really like about him. him. Yeah. 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 And uh, But Silver actually, like, Silver starts off being like, fuck this kid. And then, yeah, and then, like, gets to know him, like, sees, like, wow, this kid's really hardworking. And even though, like, I keep making him do all this shit, he's, like, not really complaining that much. He's just, like, pulling his weight. And, like, wow, this kid really, like, and they clearly had, like, talked, like, they don't show it all, but, like, clearly, they've they've gotten to know each other. At least, like, it seems that Silver knows some stuff about him. And he has this, like, tenderness for him and, like, sees. And, and like, also sees him for, like, what he is, like, a angry teen, like, you know, yeah. doesn't hold that against Jim like other people do. So there's there's that, even though it's obviously the relationship is not great. <laughs> um, Obvi- is I mean, like yeah, because of- it's weird because he has, like, 
dubious motivations, but at the same time, they kind of change over time. So then you're like, oh, do I forgive Silver for why he initially started being nice to Jim? But like, does he mean it now? Like, there's a lot of questions like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, like that general <laughs> it... idea. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's funny because you normally, not always, but, like, Mm -hmm. when I think of that trope, I mostly think about stories where it's, like, this boy started dating this girl, but really he was doing it because someone paid him to, like. Oh, yeah, um, like that kind of thing. Like, you started. Yeah. 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 That's so common in, like, YA or something. Yeah, I was thinking about, like, uh, like I'm like, oh, 10 things I hate about you, uh, Pretty Little yeah. Liars, Caleb, like, whatever, whatever. Uh, so many different versions of that. And so, like, and I'm sure there's other versions that are platonic, but... Yeah, where, like, a relationship that's... starts for, like, not totally genuine But yeah, but reasons. usually I see that with that kind of thing, so it was... Um, or it'll be, like, an evil step-parent, <laughs> but they never yeah. usually come around, you know? Right, like that's, like, a different thing. They're just evil, and then they leave. Like, the love interests do. But this was an instance of, like, a more of a father-son relationship that had that. So that was just interesting to me, because it just wasn't... It was a story I was used to, but not a perspective or players I was used to. I I didn't really think about that. Yeah, but, like, it's it's kind of fascinating that, like, yeah, Doppler and Amelia have a love story, but uh, Jim doesn't at all. He only has the Mm father-son relationship as his story. There's no, like, Nor does he love show interest for him. any interest in it. Like Jim could very well be ace, and I. That's would not true. Like he could also be ace. Yeah, like the headcanon, he's ace and trans. <laughs> you can't stop yeah. me from thinking that. <laughs> no, for real though. Like my headcanon is definitely that. That. Yeah, I mean, ace. he's like a teenager. You'd think that he would no be kind indication. of. Yeah, no indication yeah. one way or the other. He's just kind of like not interested in that. He's interested in like. Yeah. Skyboarding. <laughs> going into <outer> space. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was kind of fascinating a bit that there was absolutely no aspect of that or or even like jokes or reference to it whatsoever. No, like, there's like not like I, I being that like, never struck me as a kid at all. I think cuz when you're a kid, you're also like not really I like I watched this movie even before I was like hit puberty. So like I wasn't even thinking about like dates or anything like that. So I was like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this is normal." Like I it didn't occur to me that he didn't have a love interest. I don't think. Yeah. I yeah, I just thought that was interesting. So yeah. Jim Ace and trans, for sure, actually. Well, it does, like, help you also. You could kind of project almost any sexuality on him because of that. Because there's no, like, canon thing one way or the other mm-hmm. of, like, oh, he dates these people or that people. So, yeah. You could, like, I mean, like, I don't believe anything. I don't believe he's straight. Like, if someone told me that, I'd be like, no. <laughs> I'd be like, no. <laughs> look like, at him. Bis- look at his hair. <laughs> be like, bisexual, maybe, but look at that hair. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> he's either. If he's straight, he's an e boy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a oh. shirt that says if he's straight, he's an e-boy and just a picture of Jim Hawkins. <laughs> like the weirdest <laughs> deep cut ever. If I ever create merch. <laughs> I will buy that shirt 100%. <laughs> no one will get it. People will think I'm weird, but I'm just going to live in my truth. I will say, if, if, if somehow this becomes like a fan favorite thing and... <laughs> <laughs> I make merch. I will happily send you a free whatever it is. See, this is like but where I it comes in handy. Let, where I, um, yeah. Radio Camp Half Blood has like an official meme Twitter. Where this um, this really cool listener Robert <laughs> makes memes all the time about our new episodes. Yeah, and so if he was listening to this, he'd just be like, "Oh, I've made the Treasure Planet meme you want." <laughs> you can't totally though, because Disney will take it down. Fight possibly. me, Disney. Probably not for yeah. 
Maybe not, though. It's Treasure Planet. Maybe if you we did, like, let... an illustration of him, it was, like, slightly different. Maybe just, like, the hair. Yeah. Like, one just of those, like, <laughs> Just disembodied versions. gym hair. It's iconic yeah. enough. Yeah, it's good. It's good. The people be like, is that Sokka? And I'm like, no, it's Jim Hawkins. Like, it's close. close right? <laughs> that weird undercut situation he has going on. If nothing else, you could at least get Slugus says, uh, if he's not straight, he's an evil, and you can know in your heart. You can know you in can your heart your that own, it's Jim Hawkins. I'll send you that. I'll send you, like, a sticker that's that, and then I'll send you a sticker with Jim Hawkins on it separately. Right, and you can combine them together on your yeah, laptop. Yeah, make your own. <laughs> Some assembly required. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting to me because... When I was watching it, and and I totally am picking it up a bit more now that we're talking about it together, but when I was watching it, I was having a bit of trouble, like, even, like, attempting to view it through this lens to, like, pick up on that, and I was kind right. of reflecting on that because, you know, like, like I said, like, I'm very gender fluid, like, I definitely go, like, go all over the place, and normally I, like, can latch on to characters, like, very easily, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really picking up on that, and then I was kind of thinking about it a bit more, and I was kind of thinking that I think it's a bit that I realized that I don't feel like I ever really seek out sort of, like, masculine role models or, like, having important right. relationships like that in that way with men. And not that I don't have lots of men I'm close to, but not like a mentor kind of situation. But yeah, like, um, so it was just not something that I feel like resonated with me in that way, which is interesting because it's not like exploring my masculinity and things isn't important to me. It hasn't always been important to me, but that's just like not the way I explored it, which is just, uh, I, yeah, just I mean, really it's not even about that until it's, it's yeah. not even like I necessarily relate like directly to that you know what i mean because i i don't know if i could say like Mm -hmm. oh i've definitely like sought out a role model the way that jim did but it's sort of like i think most trans people of like any place on the gender spectrum can relate to the idea of like wanting to feel like understood and belonged and even like just that like understood Mm -hmm. and belonging like those are themes that can be relatable regardless of like whether you're trans mask or gender fluid or whatever you identify as but i don't know i that that combined with the fact that like i think now it's like really common for like especially like young trans mask people to have like certain um like role models or like people online who they look up to who like might be kind of like really toxically masculine like sort of overcorrecting and be like oh well you have to like act this certain way because you have to be like a real man and that kind of resonates in the same way that this movie does of like oh he's drawn to silver because he like represents this dad he doesn't have but he actually ends up being kind of terrible i can totally see that um yeah and it it, i'm sorry (laughs) i just want to say like the thing about like the very almost the very end of like him and silver interacting is him Jim saying something about how he needs to chart his own course like that's like a a phrase that comes up a few times in the movie Mm -hmm. and it's like this idea of like oh I don't need to be exactly like you I need to like figure out how to like navigate who I am on my own and that's I don't know that's pretty resonant I think I think to anybody who's trans that I can totally yeah for real I can totally see that because I think that is true like I feel like a lot of when I watch a lot of my friends first kind of like i have quite a few friends who have come out much later in life which is 
right. pretty normal for trans people. And um, and I've watched a lot of uh, these friends start off, and I feel like I've seen a lot of memes about this too. Like you start off like really uh, like hard femme or like really like yeah like super mask, and then you like slowly kind of become less so like go more towards i don't know the the word i'm looking for, yeah like but... or, yeah like exploring like gender presentation yeah and understanding like it's not becoming so less binary like, or whatever strict. yeah or i mean yeah. i think in in my experience was kind of like the reverse where when i first came out as just non-binary i was very like oh i like don't really identify with one way or the other and i think i was like very hesitant to identify with any level of masculinity because my idea of masculinity was like very narrow and i was just like oh i don't want to be that because that's bad and i I can't be masculine because mm-hmm. i'm not x y and z you know what i mean um and that's like not mm-hmm. true obviously yes i can heavily relate to that because i feel like that is also more yeah i mean i still don't particularly identify in one way or the other but i think i'm much more as i have become out longer much more um exploratory in that aspect or like yeah comfortable yeah. being like hi i actually am very much like feeling like a man today and i'm going to announce that openly and i would never have done that before um i think now we got to talk about that song though we got to talk oh about yeah that song. i'm still here i'm still here it's oh. so i saw that tweet which yeah. is kind of what inspired us talking about this and then i started thinking about that song which i was like truly and deeply obsessed with as a child like listen to it it was on the playstation game that i had of this movie just the music video which was weird it literally was just like the game and the music video and you could just click that and it would play very this weird pixely john resnick song and it had like a very like dramatic music video if you haven't seen the music video please look it up it's like the epitome of like sort of a disaffected teen who's like not understood um it's it's kind of weirdly good there's also like the the weird bug alien makes an appearance there's a lot going on it's extremely 2002 or whenever this movie came out but the the lyrics are powerful. <laughs> the lyrics are definitely. This was the moment that I first was like, okay, oh, not first. This yeah. was the biggest moment where I was like, oh, I get it. Because yeah, yeah, like it's the... the song for sure. Like it ties it all together. Because I think everything we've been talking about is like so like weird, close reading, like reading into stuff, like whether it be presentation or theme. But like straight up, these lyrics are so trans. <laughs> yeah, like. If what do you think you'd understand? I'm a boy. No, I'm a man. You can't take yeah. me and throw me away. And how can you learn what's never shown? Yeah, you stand here on your own. They don't know me because I'm not here. Or the part yeah. be- right before that, which is the like, um, the, what do you think you'd ever say? Like, I can, <laughs> no, um, like truly, I, the whole song, I could like list all of the lyrics and they all sound trans. Like even like the <laughs> yeah. first line is, "I am a question to the world." Like, this idea of, yeah. like, feeling like people aren't understanding who you are. Like, there's, it it just really kind of, like, synthesizes, yeah. like, this vague feeling that I think the movie gives you and, like, makes it an actual thesis. Like, oh, this is what Jim is feeling right now. That's kind of, I guess, the purpose of the song. It was written for the movie. And it kind of, like, takes this, like, general theme of him, like, looking for a father figure, looking for meaning, trying to prove himself, and, like, just makes, like, a straight-up, like, essay. Like, he doesn't know who he is. He wants people to know who he is. He's looking for someone to, like, teach him who he is. Like, and I guess that's, like, relatable Mm -hmm. to, like, any coming-of-age story, but, like, the specific way it's phrased feels very trans to me. 
Yeah, I think it's really. I mean, I know that like I'm a boy, no, I'm a man is a very. It's supposed to be like coming. It's like to that's me. like so. But yeah. that feels so trans. Like <laughs> it's like. Ugh. Yeah, it truly does. I mean, and the thing is, I used to be so bothered by that line because I like really love this song and then I would hear it and like sing along to it and be like oh but that's like feels weird because like that's not true of me and like I'm not a man still but I'm like I relate to that more now of like oh I kind of like get that emotion even if I'm not even like reading it the original like with the original intention of like oh I'm growing up but it's like oh I'm figuring out who I am which is I mean to some extent the same thing yeah and just like I don't know something about <laughs> I don't something about the like music style and just like seeing Jim's aesthetic and hearing these words. It's just like that was a moment that really did resonate with me. It's like okay, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I yeah, just like the style it. of the music. Even there's just something about it that's like it sends me back to like when I was like a weird kid, like listening to this music video over and over again, like on my PlayStation, being like, yeah. I relate and like not knowing why I was like so relating to this like kind of weirdly heavy but also kind of ridiculous song that's like about this Disney Disney character for some reason I don't know I feel like Goodell's just made a lot of movie soundtrack music they have yeah they did um what was the other one that they did was it so uh, Nick Cage the one with Nick Cage yeah they did that was, that was the Iris, Iris right? music video yeah, yeah where he's like Nick in the Cage weird in tower it. that also like has like I think Something about John Resnick, he has, like, this uncanny ability to, like, write a specific kind of, like, angst where you're like, no, don't look at me. (laughs) Don't even talk to me. (laughs) That's, like, very, (laughs) very relatable to, like, when you're a teen where you're like, no, you don't understand anything. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do you have any other final comments before we go into the Russo test? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, I, I just recommend, like watching the music video and reading lyrics and you it kind of like it really jumps out why i might have related to that (laughs) as a kid and why like a hundred at least other people were like yeah this seems like me yeah you don't necessarily need to watch the entire film through uh like me through the trans yeah specifically but the music video at least and then if you're feeling that then maybe go check out the whole movie through that well because the funny thing Uh, about the music video it isn't just it isn't Jim, like, it's this other new weird protagonist that they make up that's sort of, like, everyman USA, I don't know, and he has, like, this weird, like, fraught family night life, and, like, there's people fighting, and he's, like, going to work, and I don't know, it's, like, it's this whole other story, but then they, like, throw in the Treasure Planet stuff at the end with, like, the bug, I don't, it's totally crazy, <laughs> but I love it. That sounds very 2002. It um, is. Oh, it's so also... 2002. For maximum of impact, you have to find the video game and then play it on your PlayStation, <laughs> and then you will actually be transported like a hot tub time machine back to 2002. <laughs> and also, just really important to note, Jim Hawkins is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. I just thought you all needed to know that. Oh, um, That's important. It was important to me. <laughs> it's important to me. He's a handsome man. <laughs> Anyways, the Russo test, which every Disney movie is going to fail, but I'm going to do it one. anyways every yeah. time because I do it for every episode. So the Russo test questions are, the film does the film contain a queer character? Wait, sorry. Well, basically, does the film contain a identifiably queer character? No, Does that character uh, have any sort of substance to them? Or are they not solely or predominantly defined with their sexual orientation or gender identity? And are they tied to the plot in such a way that the removal would have a significant effect? There are no identifiably queer characters in this movie, so it fails. But 
again, if we were going to suppose that Jim were that queer character, it would pass the other two. But it fails mm-hmm. the first one, and there fails the Rizzo test. So, yeah. just a fun fact for the listener that they already knew. I mean, that was kind of inevitable, yeah. That'd yeah. be, like, so wild if, like, the people who made this movie were like, yeah, actually, he was trans. We're making a sequel about how he's trans. Like, I don't even know what I would do uh, with myself. Jim just just turns, yeah, when the open the door opens that he's in his military uh, uniform and that he's like, and also I'm trans. Yeah, oh, and then he gets kicked out of space military because he's trans. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. so sad. Yeah, the door opens and he's still being held by by, uh, robots being like, Yeah, by the Robocops. Not not Robocop, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Very important distinction. They're robots and they're cops, but they're not Robocop. Oh my god. Well, thank you for coming on and talking about this movie. Yeah, um, it was a wild ride to rewatch <laughs> I'm really interested to edit it, and if I ever have a Patreon, then people will get a lot of bonus content probably from this episode. side commentary, yeah. Yeah, it was really fun <laughs> to, to rewatch it and see. Um, fascinating, weird movie. I, I see why it maybe wasn't yeah. um, critically acclaimed, but it is kind of cool looking. At least the aesthetic is pretty cool. And there's some yeah. like resonant emotional stuff. But um, yeah, probably the queerest thing is the song. So just like look up the music video probably and you'll, you'll <laughs> save yourself like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at twinpoetry.tumblr.com. I'm not on there a ton, but you know. In case, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at B Kelly Gorman. Uh, anything else you would like to plug? Um, yeah, I have two podcasts, Unfortunate Associates, which is about a series of unfortunate events. We're like literally on our last episode right now, basically. So, um, and like this a, won't get released for like at least a month. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows when we're going to release that? Though it's probably going to be soon. So, um, yeah, the, the last episode's probably out by now. I imagine if it's not, then um, you know, you could catch up listen to our backlog we have episodes about every single book and also every episode of the netflix series and like interviews with like daniel handler and all these cool netflix people um but more my more current podcast which is ongoing until i die is my percy jackson podcast radio camp half blood which i do with my friend zach who you just had on (laughs) (laughs) and depending or depending when i release this episode who i will soon have on Either way, I you don't will meet have him. an order yet. <laughs> awesome. Um, you can find the Twitter for this podcast at Queers on Film. Uh, you can also email me uh, if you want to guest on the show uh, or if you just have something you want to say uh, at Queers on Film Pod at gmail.com you can find me personally on twitter at s or i almost said my wrong twitter well you can find my other podcast uh summer twilight book club which is a twilight recap podcast at stbc podcast and you can find me personally at epsilina that is at e-p-s-i-l-i-n-a uh thank you so much for coming until next time Remember, don't be in abusive relationships with vampires. Should I stop my recording? <laughs>